Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Join us for today's episode of the Utopian Realities Slope Save Life on Planet Earth Blog Talk Radio Show, bringing you solution bearers with practical, proven, scientific ways to help you eliminate global level irradiation and extinction level threats from your body and bringing forward the means to restore and sustain global waters, air, soil, and sentient life. Welcome. Greetings. This is Siava, also known as Lisa Wolf, your host. Welcome to the Utopian Realities from Concept to Planetary Restoration, Slope, Save and Sustain Life on Planet Earth, Earth Aid Now, Saturday Solution Bearers Forum, where we bring you solution bearers who can help us to mend the sacred hoop of life. As always, listeners, follow the link to listen to the program and to join the live chat page during the program and phone 845 277-9359 to listen and with questions or comments. Thank you for joining us this Saturday, January 28th. It was prophesied that the seventh generation will rise and restore balance to the earth. Often the voices of the youth are ignored, but now the seventh generation has risen and speaks. Today the youth of United We Rise join us. They tell us Indigenous youth have led the Standing Rock movement, carried the prayer for our water, and have organized actions around the country to defund DAPL. In solidarity, we are organizing a global prayer action that will be broadcast live from Standing Rock as we take this prayer to the steps of the banks around the world. The youth join us after leading the 12 noon Central United We Rise prayer from Standing Rock to the steps of banks around the world funding harmful oil extraction. They have united us in global prayer action to elevate the consciousness of the financial institutions and governments asking that they make the choice to invest in clean, renewable energy, the future of our planet, and the protection and rights of all people. We will hear their prayers and voices and learn how they feel about being the seventh generation and what their vision for the future is. How does it feel to be prophecy fulfillers? And how together can we mend the sacred hoop of life? Hear their thoughts on stopping the black snake's ecocide and on Trump. As one youth said, like the main thing is that our voices ain't being heard by our president. We welcome Tano Peace. I hope this is whom we expect to be coming into the council circle live today. Tano Peace, also known as Luis Sanacori Ramos, Anastasia McAllister, also known as Siam Pauks, Stephanie Barra or Steffi, Damian Bear or Day-Day, also known as Chief, um, perhaps Pradeep Sapkota from Pakistan, Yonazda Lone Wolf, who is Lakota, and Allison Suse and Tracy Lehman with co-host Morning Light and David Kahn. As, again, as always, follow the link to listen to the program and join the live on-air chat or phone 845-277-9359 to ask questions or c- comment. 
Welcome, welcome, guests. <laughs> well, um, well, I I told everybody, um, unless there's someone who's joined us, who's prepared to open our circle with prayer, as we generally do on these Saturdays, standing with Standing Rock, Savage Sovereignty, and Water Protectors Weekly Council. I'm going to have us all listen to as we begin Trevor Hall's Standing Like a Rock. And then we'll welcome all our callers. And that is Standing Like a Rock by Trevor Hall. Welcome, um, guests. Um, morning, right? You're with us? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes. All right. Let's go around the circle and find out who's with us. 956? Yes. Welcome. Hi. Yes. Hi. Um, will you let listeners know who you are, please? Welcome. Um, I'm Stephanie Ibera, and um, um, what am I? And oh Lord, uh, <laughs> Stephanie oh, is. Um, yes. Tell us about. Tell everyone who you are, and um, why you're standing up. Please. Uh, well, I'm Stephanie, and um, I, um, the reason why I stand um, <laughs> is because, like, to me, like, I, like, personally went to Standing Rock, and once I went there, like, uh, like, eh, uh, um, like, 
was like, oh my gosh, I'm like nervous. I don't know why. But, um, it's okay. Would you, okay. Feel, would you feel more comfortable? Huh? Would you feel more comfortable just telling us what you've done, uh, in what ways you've been involved in the movement? Would that feel better? And yeah. Easy one to remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, I went to Standing Rock, like, a couple times, and it was, like, the very first time I just even stepped foot in the, the uh, on camp, like, I felt spiritually connected, and, like, to me, it was, and, uh, and then, so, because, like, my family is from Spirit Lake, uh, so I'm at Dakota Sioux, too, and to me, like, it just, and plus, like, when I heard about the water, like, I moved back up to North Dakota, because right now I'm in Texas, to go, so I could go up there as many times as I could possibly go, because I had school and everything, and, uh... Like, I went there and protested a few times at the front lines and at Turtle Island. And, uh, I don't really know. I had all this stuff in my head, and now I just can't think. That's um, all right. We'll, um, this is where we're welcoming everyone, because we have we have quite a few um, guests. Um, yeah. that, thank you, Steph. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I'm from um, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and I'm calling to, I was a guest, I was invited by David Camp. Um, I'm welcome. a 27-year-old secondary uh, student in post-secondary for youth care work. Well, welcome. Um, <laughs> this is welcome. Let's Great. see who else is with us. Hello? Um, I'm here, too. Yeah, we're all here, I think. Okay. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's just like we're all introduced, we're all finding out who's here right now. So okay, um, sure. if someone else will take this other, appreciate it. Hi, this is uh, David Tam. I'm with uh, Pradeep from uh, Nepal here. Well, he's on Wonderful. Skype. Wonderful. Uh, Pradeep? Welcome. Uh, can you introduce yourself, uh, Pradeep? Can you all hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. yes. I can hear tons of people. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi. This is Yanaja Halonwas. I am a proud Ogallala Lakota Native American and African American woman. I'm a human rights activist, a community organizer, and um, I have been in Standing Rock since September. And I just wanted to thank David Cam and everyone that's on the line for inviting me to come on this show um, this show today. Thank Wonderful. You so much. Welcome. Welcome. Um, so happy you're here. Um, Thank you so much. Next, to pick up the feather of our of our guest. Yes, Pradeep, please. Uh, yeah, Pradeep, uh, can you introduce yourself from Nepal? Yeah, sure. Good morning, good evening. I'm Pradeep Sapkota. I'm founder president of Saint Nicholas Mission. We are here empowering women, youth and children through the education, specifically by information and communication technology. 
to empower people and to feel the sustainable development. It's my great honor to be here in this radio show. That's great. Thank you so much by providing me such a great opportunity to share my ideas with you all. Thank you so much. Welcome. I know we have more guests. Will you please pick up the phone? Um, hi, uh, I'm Anastasia McAllister. Um, my Indian name is Liam Tonk. Uh, I come from the Caldwell Confederated Tribes in uh, Washington State, and I'm also Hopi in Arizona. Uh, I'm here representing the Eagle and Condor community, which is located in New York City. Um, we're seeking to uplift youth of all indigenous peoples from South America, Central America, the Caribbean Islands, North America, um, and also incorporating environmental rights into all those teachings. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank yeah, you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. I just want to interject for just a moment. Um, Charles Scorch Jordan will be calling in from jail. Uh, and we'll be merging him in just for a few minutes so he can say hello to everyone. And um, we, he was kind of missing in the system after he got arrested at one of the, he had been in camp for a few weeks and he, he got arrested and it was a pretty well-known, well-publicized arrest. He was screaming, he suffers from severe PTSD and they bloodied him a bit and he's been hidden in the system for two months. We just him found him last week and are doing our best. He's on $50,000 cash bond doing our best to get him out at this point. Um, so he's, you know, just going to call in and say a few words and um, say, he'll, say, say hello to everyone. So it might be uh, necessary when he calls to uh, interrupt whatever's happening at the moment. It will only take a few minutes. Um, sure. I certainly don't want to cut anyone off, but, you know, he's using phone cards to call. So I just wanted to announce I that. I think we Thanks all so understand and, and look forward um, to Scorch joining the circle. And it, is there anyone else um, who's in the circle who um, hasn't introduced themselves yet? Please. Um, do you hear me? It's Richard Nelson. Yes. Yes? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm in uh, Montreal. Uh, I know David and Pradeep. Hi guys, and uh, I'm I'm an <laughs> I'm I'm an inventor. I, I work with uh, regenerative food and water energy for communities. Oh, wonderful! Welcome. Well, we'll have to speak more because our Sunday programs feature people like you, whom we call solution bearers. Mm. Um, so I look forward to uh, to arranging a time to speak in depth about um, what you're working on for all of our betterment. Okay. Welcome. Thank you so much for Thank being you. with us. <laughs> oh yes, hello. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, my name is Louis Ramos Sanacori. I'm from New York City, and I'm from the Eagle oh, Condor Community Louis. Center. Wonderful, yes. you're here. You're, and do you yes. mind? I know we've begun chatting, but generally we actually open with a um, with a prayer. 
and I believe you were oh, nice. to do that. So could you do that now, oh. <laughs> if everybody doesn't mind? Oh. Would you? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, it would be an honor. Bring us together. Thank you. Thank you. I, I first want to ask you: Do you hear any background noise? I'm actually walking the street right now. You're in a big apple. No, not so much. Right? Not <laughs> <laughs> really? Where are you? I I lived in New York. Where are you right now? Oh, I'm in uh, Washington Heights. This is the land of the Lenape. Uh, Lenape. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So, so actually, if, all right, I'll say some oh, a few words, I guess, huh? Yes. Thank you. All right. Well, okay. all right. Well, thank you. We asked the Creator, creatures, to do with us today and and honor us with so much sacred power, so we can continue our 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 good fight towards negativity in this world. That that we as uh, spiritual warriors, activists, can can truly bring healing to the world. That people may look at us and say, "Yes, this is the true way to walk." And we ask the spirits of our lands, our ancestors, to walk with us and to inspire us. If they are in control, we, we need to listen to them and and follow them so we can be the tool, the tools to uh, make change and, and healing in this broken world. So we ask for these sacred powers to help us to mend the sacred hoop. Oh, ho. Hi, hi. Uh, on that, it seems appropriate, since the title of this program speaks to our guests, our prophecy fulfillers. They were foretold. And um, if no one minds, I'm, I'm going to read the story of the seventh fire from the Mishoni book, The Voice of the Ojibwe by Edward Benton Benet. In the time of the seventh fire, new people will emerge. They will retrace their steps to find what was left by the trail. Their steps will take them to the elders, who they will ask to guide them on their journey. But many of the elders will have fallen asleep. They will awaken to this new time with nothing to offer. Some of the elders will be silent, because no one will ask anything of them. The new people will have to be careful in how they approach the elders. The task of the new people will not be easy. If the new people will remain strong in their quest, the water drum of the Midwin Lodge will again sound its voice. There will be a rebirth of the Anishinaabe Nation and a rekindling of old flames. The sacred fire will again be lit. It is this time that the light-skinned race will be given a choice between two roads. One road will be green and lush and very inviting. The other road will be black and charred, and walking it will cut their feet. In the prophecy, the people decide to take neither road, but instead to turn back, to remember and reclaim the wisdom of those who came before them. If they choose the right road, then the seventh fire will light the eighth and final fire, an eternal fire of peace, love, brotherhood, and sisterhood. If the light-skinned race makes the wrong choice of the roads, then the destruction which they brought with them in coming to this country will come back at them and cause much suffering and death to all the Earth's people. 
So, my guests, welcome. Hi. Thank Hi. you. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. So, you know your responsibility and you're rising to meet it. Thank you. Thank you. Much respect. Can I ask, was, did you all, did you do, I know I did here in Solidarity, did the um, United We Rise prayer take place this morning? Um, well, um, I'm actually having a ceremony tonight at Inwood Hill Park, Sharaka Park, which is a tribal place of the uh, Benny Lenape here in New York City. So we'll be doing that at 6.30. Beautiful. Thank you. So how does it feel <laughs> to be living this now? This is Yanaja Halon Wolf here. Um, I just would love, love to say that, you know, to be able to eyewitness the nations, especially the Lakota, Nakota, Dakota people to unite together where we haven't came together since the 1800s and to um, see that happen in Standing Rock and then to expand it even more to tribes from all over the, the indigenous uh, throughout throughout the United States and then to expand to Turtle Island, then to expand to New Zealand and to Australia, to, you know, Europe, to Africa. I mean, it was just beautiful to see the gradual but quick spirit that we're of, because we're all connected to this water, you know, we're all connected. Yes. Water doesn't have any barriers. Water doesn't have any racism with it. Water is water, and that is what connected us. And even though on media it was promoted as a as a indigenous fight, it was a human rights fight. It was a human rights, and, but I also believe that as an, an indigenous woman, you know, it also was a fight for our existence because we have been ignored for so long, and we still are being ignored with the with the way that the, this president has ignored is still trying to attempt to ignore us and even expanding it through um, building the Keystone XL. So to be here in 2017. You know, it's a good day. It's a good day to live. It's a good day to, um, as a freedom, I always say that all of us are, you know, all freedom fighters trust the best opponent because now we really know what we're made of and we know that righteousness always wins in the end. So to know that that now we know what, what the, our enemy looks like. He has a name. He has an address. They all have names and addresses. So... All these heads that's been, that we always said they, we now know who they are because they have, because Trump has really showed um, and present, you know, they have all came out of the woodworks and we are now knowing who the they are. So now that we know who the they are, now we know how to come after these, um, you know, these people, the, the, the bank owners, the these corporations, we know who the head of the EPA, we know who the president of the United States that doesn't love and respect people and so in human life. And so it's, it's a good day to, I'm not discouraged. As a matter of fact, ever since Trump has been elected, I've been waking up feeling motivated, feeling ready to go and ready to fight this devil head on and to, and to unify even more people that we did in Standing Rock 
but to expand the feel, the movement of Standing Rock all across the nation. So can you, beautiful words, sister, can you tell us um, how intimately you're still involved with Standing Rock itself or in what ways you've taken that energy of Standing Rock and moved it forward? What projects you're involved in and what direction you personally are going in? Yeah, so um, I, last year, March, I mobilized 40, 43 cities to do a concert all on one day called Hip Hop for Flash. Um, currently, today, there are 200 homes that have water filtration systems that actually take lead out of water. And so um, then when I was asked by Phyllis Young from Sandy Rock to help her um, and help the tribe to bring awareness of um, when the runners were running to bring awareness of, of the fight of the pipeline, um, I also, from that awareness and bringing more, you know, um, more allies um, to come to Standing Rock, I, myself, as well as I um, organized a committee to do a, stand, a mini Rachoni benefit concert in Standing Rock and we raised one point. We may have lost her. Yeah, I think we, I think we did. Um, I hope she comes back in. Yes, is there anyone else who'd like to, um, to at this point, pick up the feather and tell us about their personal mission and connection with Standing Rock directly or indirectly? Well, you know, you know I'd like to share something. Uh, back in November, we did a, here in New York City, Eagle Condor Community Center. A couple of us, we got together and we, we organized a prayer march. It's kind of last minute, you know, but we used media, social media to get the word out. And we got a good two. I would say close to 2,000 people, we marched uh, the old Lenape Trail, which starts in Lower Manhattan, every park. So we started at a uh, museum yeah. American Indian. We, yeah, American Indian. We worked our way up to Inland Hill Park, which is 15 miles. Now, we didn't call the police. We didn't get permits or anything. So, uh, and the first people we saw in front of the museum were the, were the police. They were, they were ready for us, you know. And and throughout the whole march, they marched with us, the police. And, you know, we kept telling the people present, um, you know, we're peaceful. We're not doing any any violence. Just any issues, you speak to the leaders, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of police brutality here in the city. So uh, we did. We had some elders with us. We had some young people, people from different tribes, different uh, nationalities. And the thing that moved me the most, and I think it's that spirit of Standing Rock, because many of us could not go to Standing Rock. I have not gone because of work, my family. So the thing that moved me the most was, I remember speaking to Brooke. We were debating. We were like, all right, here we are. We're at uh, Columbus Circle. I don't know if anyone knows Columbus Circle off 59th Street here in the city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the number, it's the number yeah. one tourist attraction in New York City. People think it's Statue of Liberty, but it's actually the uh, Columbus Circle. So, we're right, who's going to tell the cops we're going we're gonna to occupy the circle, you know? And there's a lot of traffic, you know? And I admit it. I admit it, I was a little scared, you know, to tell the police this. You know, I was kind of, not, not fear of my safety, but fear of their response, and then how I'm going to respond to that, you know? So, so I went up to the police captain. All of a sudden, to my left, there's a lot of traffic there on the circle. I see five mopeds already blocking the traffic. 
And I saw the police on our right already making a line where we can go to the circle to occupy it. So I felt that was hope, you know? Because here's a city institution, an agency that, that brutalizes people at times. You know, we've seen it in Candy Rock. Actually opened up the path for us to do what we needed to do. And even a couple of officers were winking their eyes at us, you know? But their stern looks, <laughs> still managed to wink. So I say, you know what? This is the spirit, man. You know, we can't be afraid of institutions. We can't be afraid of public agencies, you know? They, you know, they, they serve us, the people. So I had to come to grip with that. Like, you know what? What am I afraid of? Why was I afraid to speak to that captain? There's something more powerful at work here that's guiding us. And so I saw that as a sign. Like, you know what? Power to the people, man, you know? Absolutely. Lewis, if I could um, interrupt here and welcome yes. Charles Jordan, Charles George Scorch Jordan, to the conversation. Yeah, Charles, uh, if you could just me one moment, I'll introduce you to everyone. Um, his, his experience with the police has been extremely different. He's been hidden in the system. He was brutally arrested and attacked and has been, um, his, his human rights have been violated endlessly while he's in prison because of the climate in North Dakota against water protectors. So I'll give him the, I'll give him the feather now to say hello and tell a story of it. My name is Charles Jordan. I'm in Bismarck County Jail, North Dakota. Just for giving a police officer a flower, you know, we were protesting Wells Fargo, and I was, you know, trying to interact with the anti-protesters, like, you know, move your money out of Wells Fargo. They're money laundering. If a person does that, they go to prison, but if Wells Fargo does that, they're too big to fail. Support your local economies with local credit unions. And there's a lot of anger on their side. And so, you know, the, the cops told us to leave. They were like, this is a legal assembly. And I was like forced into a situation. I was just trying to give them a, a flower to show that we were peacefully assembling. And, you know, they, to, defend the, <laughs> to defend the business, they broke the flower pot with my body, you know. And, uh, and then, you know, they're saying, like, while well, six of them are holding me while I'm handcuffed and shackled, I attempted to disarm them, is the charge. It doesn't make any sense. And so I just would like to thank that New York people for standing with us. And it's because I'm Caucasian, you know. They're trying to enslave everybody with their uh, for-profit prison system. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Charles. <clears throat> um, does, is there anybody who'd like to any you know, questions? ask Charles anything? Yes. Any, any thoughts, um, words to Charles from other of our water protectors? Well, I, uh, okay, I'd just like to say more about who I am. Last year I did, at Rainbow, I did a lot of uh, free firefighter work for like three months in the National Forest, chopping down trees, doing wildlife fire prevention stuff, you know, and Texas literally oh won't let me be a firefighter because I'm a felon, you know? Yeah. Stays with um, three, they've charged him now with three felonies based on their very aggressive arrest. And this isn't unusual. There are a few other water protectors from camp that recently were sent to the same prison um, that 
Charles is in right now, including Michael Marcus, known as Rattler, one of the security team, and he's being charged with a federal offense. Uh, they're charging him with burning down the, you know, setting the fire at the bridge. So there is some very egregious, I understand Lewis's, uh, you know, uh, perception of not being afraid, and that's true. Everyone must continue to fight with peaceful prayer. But there are definitely um, law enforcement forces that will... This call will be terminated in one minute. I'm sorry, was that you, Charles? Well, no. Oh. Just waiting on the phone call. Okay. Well, Charles, <laughs> I have something to say to you. Um, I'm Ravina from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, I hope you stay strong in there, and whatever charges you had laid on you, I hope everything works out for you, and all the best from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Well, thank you. I've been getting a lot of support. I suppose is also from... Morning Lights also from Canada, I think. And uh, yeah. like, like I've been telling people, this is the darkest place, so this is where the light is needed the most. And I'm, like, just trying to show them, you know, hippie, free love stuff, you know? <laughs> Ukraine. We, we love, love you, brother. We love you, we brother. Love you, yes. Prayers are powerful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, brother Charles. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Uh, Thank you so much. Charles, are you still with us? Morning light. Is Charles still with us? No, evidently. No, evidently we not. The call the call dropped. So all right. Thank you all. all right. I just and um you know, my, giving uh, him my the time dropped, but I'm back on again. Yes. Yes. Welcome. I saw you came back in. They're trying to stop the awesomeness. That's what's going on. Well, you know, I'm glad we're all here. You know, I'm glad you're all here because Morning Light and I and David and one of our council members who's not with us today, Eagle Eye Man, are very much seeing uh, tribal, true tribal sovereignty as being key in stopping the black snake that they're, and how to get treaties upheld. And, you know, we've had Pearl Means and Phyllis Young join us and, and various other people. And I, I really am so happy to get to talk to you all today because you are the ones who will bring this forth because it's for you, which is, and I don't know, some people get offended when I use the word savage and savage sovereignty. So I don't know. Do you guys all know that the word savage is an ancient legal term of power that means those who live amongst the trees? Did you know that? I did it's not know that. It's actually a compliment. I, what? I did not know that at all. <laughs> yes, they've hidden it. It's what was... Did you know that there was a Dakota clan mother when, there, when both North and South America were united before the pirate Columbus came over and that in 408 A.D., the Romans were defeated in war by the Visigoths and that the chief 
of the Dakota, who represented North and South America, was in Europe to sign the treaty that said they are to protect and um, respect tribal custom and usage, that you're talking about a treaty that goes back to 408 AD, that is the basis of international law, that the white, yellow, red, and black tribes all signed. And it wasn't until, like, 1491 that the British king gave his power back, sold the land back to um, the Vatican, and that's when they came out with Columbus and the Doctrine of Discovery, because they had to get around the Treaty of 408. You can still claim that, but it, uh, it actually... Might be, it might be a good idea to... Sorry, good idea to I'm almost done. Material to all of our guests. Okay. I'm almost done, and then we can, I, I'll be happy to email and send you guys information, but the crux of the matter is that to stop the black snake and have this spread like wildfire or wild water in a good way across the globe for the mending of the sacred hoop is that it actually requires a return to the clan mother form of government. And even though a lot of Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota who weren't part of the 2% who went to Canada and lost a lot, you know, and got sent to government schools and all and don't know that, it's working for the Anishinaabe, East and West. I mean, are you guys aware of this? To me, I think it's the most important thing, and I hope that, David and Eagle and I and possibly Morning Light and whoever else, you know, look forward to being on the ground with you guys at some point to get this done and get the right proclamation sent off and stop the black snake. Sorry, thanks. <laughs> it's just a quick rundown. Because, oh, and why is it important? Why is it important? It's important because suddenly... You're not prisoner of war Indians. They have no jurisdiction in their federal courts. And then if people like Charles are adopted, then suddenly they have no jurisdiction over them either because they're on your land. Okay. So that's the crux of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I'm really sorry, Lisa. I didn't mean to um, interrupt. I just I know how passionate you are about this particular subject. So I thought... It might be great if all of the guests really did a lot of that reading and um, understand the core of what you were guiding them into. And this is what Lisa was explaining. It is about savage sovereignty. Savage, the word savage has been turned into something um, to disempower. Um, it's the use of language that controls everyone, where savage is actually a word of pride and empowerment. So um, these are the teachings of Meredith Quinn that Lisa's discussing. Um, Eagle Eye Man um, is a scholar in this and has helped them, Anishinaabe in um, Canada, attain their sovereignty or are close to attaining their sovereignty. And as the seventh generation, these are the teachings. Um, these are the teachings that are going to mean something to you and reclaiming the natural order of things. So with that, I'll pass. And I, yeah, and, and I especially, yeah, thanks, Morning Light. For, yes, 
and Yanazka and other sisters, to you particularly, yes. you know, I raise this because, my goodness, you know, I mean, I live here in, in Newey Lands. Well, I live in the same town as Grandmother Carrie Dan of the Western Shoshone Defense Project under the shadow of Sacred Mount Donabo, the Newey Creation Myth Mountain. And, you know, and we're trying to work with and help them also reestablish. And, of course, I, you know, my thought is Carrie Dan, who's in her 80s, of course, you know, is the most logical clan mother. But right now, but that, and that may not necessarily be true, because the clan mother is for life, you know, and everybody consenses and respects and, you know, and swears allegiance, and the nation is reestablished. And so I, I just want to, I'd nominate um, Yonanda, or, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm so impressed, I have to tell you, sister, by what you're doing, what you've done. Um, thank you very much. Thank, thank you really so much. That, thank you so much. That really, really <laughs> means a lot. And it's not just me, but it's everyone, the youth. It's the youth of Sandy Rock that motivated all of us and that put in that fire and restarted fires, you know, um, in all of us to be able to, for this movement. But I do want to say this, is that the information, um, and I have to I have to shout out David Cam because in the midst of action, in the midst of us of us getting tear gas, I would, I, um, and I had a little bit of Wi-Fi, I would look at my Facebook Messenger and I had like 50 messages from David. <laughs> so it was always in the midst <laughs> of action. But um, but it was all, and then I, then I would go through it and just start reading it, you know, and, and it's so, I love the fact, I always say that there's different positions in revolution, and people like you all that are the researchers, the people that are researching, you know, different loopholes and things like that is so key, as well as, you know, um, bringing that awareness on social media is so, so key. And um, so, you know, I respect every position in revolution, whether it's on the front line. I have a problem of, you know, being in the background and being on the front line, you know, because I just sometimes I... Like, you know, when those bulldozers was running, um, was bulldozing our land, I just couldn't just stand there. I had to go, pa you know, go past that little tiny fence and go in front of that dozer and stop it, you know. And so it, it's one of those things where you have to just fight for what's right. So that's why this Water is Life Expo that I'm doing in Flint, Michigan, um, is going to be March 25th and 26th. I am uniting Standing Rock, the Standing Rock Committee, as well as the um, Hip Hop for Flint, the people of Flint, we are uniting all of the water protectors of this world. I think this is going to be the perfect opportunity. Um, I'm still looking for speakers. I'm still looking for workshop facilitators. But we are all going to unite in that. And, be, of course, it's still, Flint is still in a water crisis. But we're going to unite to really come up with, some, with these loopholes. We're going to come together and really come up with some definite plans that when we all leave, we all have a game plan on what we should be doing in regards to protecting our waters, not just the Dakota Active Pipeline and not just the water pipeline in Flint, but as well as Oak Flats, as well as the um, Canada, as well, all over in regards to what can we do together. And it's going to really take our unity for us to put eagles yeah. all aside 
take our unity to be able to come together and say, hey, I got this idea, I got this idea, and how do we mix that together instead of one idea that is better than the other? No idea is better than the other. There's always a way that we could be able to compromise and come together as long as it's within righteousness and fighting for freedom, justice, and equality. So that's been on March 25th and... March 25th and 26th in Flint, Michigan. I would love to see every single one of you all there. If you all would like to um, be a partner with me, if your organization would like to be a partner, if you would like to be a speaker or performer, we will be having a concert as well. Absolutely. Um, You can reach out. Yeah, you can reach out to me. And it's it's Water is Life Expo on all social media handles. And I I would love to have another program closer to that time and, and welcome all guests who are with us today. We meet Thank on you. Saturday at 12 to 2, and we're all about, this is all about solutions, Earth Aid Now, and you're welcome to, you know, we're uniting, you know, because we have 99% of the globe life on this planet to save, and we are under serious siege, and it's not by accident, so... Anyway. Just the time. Uh, Allison. <laughs> yeah. Yes, okay. Let's, let's turn to, well, there's the on the ground, and there's also, there's also the vision for the future and what you're holding in your heart. And can you speak to that, Louise? Oh, yes. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I have two children. One is 17 and one is 14, girl, boy. And, you know, it's, it was, you know, living in the city is very, very difficult to teach, like, um, traditional ways to get them involved, you know, very difficult. When they were younger, it was much easier. But once they hit their teens, it was like a brick wall, you know. But once in a while, I, I would hear my children say, oh, one day you're going to teach me ceremonies, right? And I'm like, yeah, definitely. And then, like, the very next... Maybe 10 minutes later, I totally forgot about it, you know. And I see the youth, um, especially here in the city of New York and urban settings. Um, man, many of them are so bombarded with these messages of materialism, consumptionism, you know, consumerism. And it's just, it's really hard to teach these traditions. So when Standing Rock came about, you know, a lot of my children started asking me questions. You know, they started on Facebook. And, you know, little by little, I saw the resistance in them to fully understand it or wanting to understand it. So I noticed that, you know, we're this is a battle, you know, living in mainstream society here in America. And so when they saw the, pro, the protectors and they saw the violence, you know, they saw what we were doing here in the city, I still saw deep inside some resistance, you know. And my kids are nice, you know, uh, not because I'm their dad, but, you know. But then I see the other kids, you know, this is nicer, some not as nice. This is an uphill battle to really teach the children the youth, our traditions, you know. But this, they, we got no choice. This is it, you know. And and I'm, every day I'm always trying to think, how can we get the youth involved, you know. How, how can we hear their voice, you know, uh, hear their voices, there's so much pressure, you know, so much pressure, especially at high school level, to perform, to get into college. It's almost like they got to sell that soul almost, you know, with the pressure. 
And I believe as Native people, Indigenous peoples, we definitely uh, got to step it up in an urban setting, you know. Really got to step it up. And I'm always trying to figure out how we can do this, either through programming and, and you know. And we're working overtime out here in the city trying to get that done, you know. But they feel it more than anyone, I believe, the children. That's why when uh, I showed them pictures and videos of the Standing Rock youth, when they traveled here to New York and they went to Washington, so they can get exposed to all that, you know, their peers. But, but wow, it's, it's a tug of war, you know. And most people have given up. I've seen them give up, you know. And it's so sad. You know? but, but I do want to share, if I have a little, couple of minutes, um, um, in my community back home in, in Puerto Rico, Borinquen, I come from Calle on my father's side. And there's 4,000 indigenous people still living on the land. Uh, they call themselves Nahuaqueños. We don't say we're Taino, you know, because we're so, you know, mixed. A lot of tribes went to Puerto Rico as well. So Nahuaque means abundant land. If you go on Facebook, I mean on YouTube, you can see some of the videos of the children learning the language, you know, and, and learning the dances. And I show my kids those videos and said, listen, this is what it's about, you know, the language. So I'm trying to teach them the language little by little, phrases, words. Uh, and it's sad because now in Puerto Rico, we have this, uh, they have a new governor who loves Trump, you know. <laughs> so they've been going around to the, to the mountains with cash. Hey, here, get some cash. You know, you can buy other land and we'll just take this. So... This is real, you know, this whole, this whole, um, oh, I forgot the word you used before. Oh, you know, these capitalists, you know, they, they, they've taken over, you know. So those indigenous peoples and the children, and they got, they're their future. You know, we're at a pivotal point right now. And I, imagine, you live in a mountain, right? You grow your own food, you have your own culture, all of a sudden a government official comes with cash. You know, you know, this is serious, you know, and this is deep. This is really deep. That's, that's what's going through my mind today as I heard everyone. Oh, oh, and also the, the, the word about savage. In, in Puerto Rico, um, the people that live in the mountains that keep the indigenous values, they call hibaros. And there's two definitions for hibaro. One is uh, a stupid kind of backward person. And the other one is... <laughs> A person that lives with trees. So, yep. the savage word kind of yep. got my way. I'm like, what? It got brought chills to me. Yes, <laughs> they know. Exactly. And they're com And this is the thing, you know, is it's like you said, you know, and, and when everybody's, oh, you know, we have this treaty and that treaty, you have to be, and people say, well, don't, you have to be the right kind of Indian. You have to be a signatory to that, to claim it. You know, wow. if... that's it. Yeah, and it requires, you know... But we have people who can help. It's like David Tom has been helping in eastern yeah. Canada. And Eagle Iman's mm -hmm. been helping in western. And uh, when they send their proclamation wow. letters... To the Vatican and the Queen and the White Clan Mother, who's holding title, 
as a trustee to mm-hmm. the lands, uh, the letters come back acknowledging. Wow. They're regaining their, their power. I mean, right now in Canada, um, the seat of government is on uh, recognized Anishinaabe land, and they're having to deal with it. You know, I, I look forward to the day when Grandmother Carrie Dan, you know, could say, you know, this is Nui land and have it mean mm-hmm. something, you know, sure. and be able to say to the corporations. And, I mean, that, you know, it, it's like Phyllis Young talks about all of all yeah. of the monies that are owed, you know. I mean, that was part yeah. of the reason they broke the treaty and sent Columbus, who had maps. <laughs> he had maps. Oh, yeah. They ciphered him as a pirate so they could get around the treaties. They knew where America was. They'd been trading for centuries. So ancient maps, right? They had those ancient maps. Yeah. Are there any of the youth still on that would like their voices heard? Um, I don't know if there's anyone waiting to. I would like to talk. This is Anastasia. Beautiful. Um, So, Louis Louis and I, we both... um, our work together with Eagle and Condor, which actually fits in perfectly with the topic and the idea of the seventh generation prophecy, because there's also Eagle and Condor prophecy, which is the Eagle of the North and the Condor Condor of the South coming together and joining together, which is the idea of the seventh generation also um, kind of uprising and restoring balance to the earth. And that's like the balance of the Eagle and the Condor coming together and sharing knowledge and restoring balance. Um, so just like those two ideas go together, that's what Lewis and I are trying to do in New York City, because New York City has some of the highest populations of indigenous peoples, but those indigenous peoples aren't just from North America. They're from South America. They're youth from all over the place trying to find an identity in the city. Um, and I think... It's, I think it's important to talk about Standing Rock, and I think Standing Rock will go down in, in history as being an inspiration to a lot of other things that we need to do, um, because it can be really disheartening to see what's going on at Standing Rock, and then for people who have jobs, have families, can't risk possibly getting arrested, and can't even go to protests, it can be disheartening to see all that going on and feel like you can't do anything. But Standing Rock is just one battle in, the, in so many battles that we have to fight all over the Americas. There's the uranium spills in New Mexico. There's the Hanford site in Washington State. There's the pipeline in the southeast and the northeast. There's pipelines everywhere. And that, those are all the different things that we can do in our communities. But even on a smaller scale, like when um, Lewis and I and our team with Eagle and Condor, when we even, we just get indigenous people together with allies and we get together and we just talk in community, even that is healing. That is creating balance in the world. When we're in communication with with each other and when we're opening up discussions and it doesn't always have, those are the front lines too. When you're starting these discussions and when you're creating these safe spaces, when you're creating any kind of space where you can have open discussion about what do we need to do in our home to make sure that the youth feel like they're going to 
be able to create balance in the world, so that you feel empowered. And so it doesn't always have to be protesting, which is, it is, that is very important, but I also think it's important to talk about how we can just have one-on-one -on -one conversations. Like me as a North American Indian, having a conversation with someone from South America, seeing, sharing knowledge that we've learned from our ancestors, sharing knowledge we have today, that right there, that's resistance. That's creating balance. And I think that's also really important. That's all about the seventh generation prophecy, and that's all about the ego and condo prophecy. Yes. Exactly. Thank you so much. <laughs> um. oh, oh, excuse me. Um, oh, real quickly, this is Lewis. I, I have to leave. I got to prepare for a ceremony if it's all right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Thank I'm you. So sorry. I understand. Louis, can you stay for a couple minutes and just um, give a, a closing? Uh, somebody. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Since, since, since I'm on Lenny Lenape land, I want to chant a song. They're doing ceremonies. With two words, Lenny Lenape, which means the real people, and Wanishi, which means thank you. Thank you. Okay. I want to dedicate to all, all yes. of you out there. All right. Oh, Thank you. Hey, all right, bye. I'll keep you on my prayers. Thank you. Yes, and um, please feel free to join us next Saturday as well. Same number, same time. Luis, we look forward oh, uh, to continuing to hear your voice. Thank you so much for the Thank invite. You. Anastasia, I'll see you around. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, bless you. Yes. Anastasia. Yes. I'm here. Um, your thoughts, what you'd like listeners to know right now, today. Guidance. Um, that there is hope. I know that with the election, with pipelines, with, um, I don't know if anybody has been keeping up with the protests going on at the JFK airport right now. Um, everything seems very negative, but there is hope, and it is with the youth. Um, we, the youth are working uh, to restore how the earth should be, and keeping that hope is what's going to keep us all going. And as much as it is important to protest, be an activist, talk about all the things that are hard to talk about. It's also important to make sure that within your own communities, 
whatever that is, if it's indigenous, with the church, um, even just friends, to also make sure that there's positivity, that there's dance and music and art, and that you also celebrate the goodness in life. I think that's also very important to know. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for that. Lisa uh, Feather's here. I just came on. Oh, wonderful. Feather. Um, welcome, Feather. Feather is on the ground at Standing Rock, and she is also a student of um, Grandfather David and uh, a long-time mentor of the Sacred Hoop. <laughs> welcome, Feather. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Right now I'm down by the dome, and... Uh, I'm watching everybody as they are working towards cleanup. We have some big equipment here to help. Uh, the the most gorgeous of all the horses, uh, um, Appaloosa, the uh, very big, spotted, beautiful Appaloosa, and his rider just went by, uh, riding bareback, and his horse just reared up very delicately on his front feet. Um, beautiful. Yeah, it's an incredible day here. The flags are flying. The kids are on their bicycles. Um, many, many people are working. It's a calm and beautiful day. Beautiful. So a lot of help has come in to help relocate and clean up? Yes, a lot of help is coming in. And um, this has been a very complex and, and very amazing process with all the water protectors and the volunteers who have come from all over the world to help and are still yeah. here. People coming, some for the very first time, uh, and others who have been here since the very beginning. And I was very heartened uh, a week ago Sunday at the Dome. The On Saturday, the uh, Standing Rock Tribal Chairman uh, announced that the tribe was supporting all the water protectors to leave from uh, all the camps, and not just the ones that were in uh, the danger of flooding, but all the camps. That was uh, the word that came out on that, that day. And so the next day, uh, we had a, a beautiful five-hour uh, meeting at the Dome. And at that time, some of the most traditional, most beautiful um, traditional Standing Rock and Lakota elders spoke, both the male and the female. And uh, I was really heartened by their words that they they gave us. Um, you know that they are here, and, and in their words, uh, or the, the brother especially. Hang on, the, the rider just came right up to me with an incredible horse, my favorite one. Um, that they are very traditional. They are on the land. They are supporting, uh, keeping the black snake from un going under the water. And uh, they, uh, one of them said, I don't know what the tribal council's doing. And then later he said, I don't care what the tribal council is doing, but we are here. We on the wow. land are the community. And we had a dream 20 years ago, and we saw all of you coming from all the colors of the four directions on the medicine wheel, the white, the black, the red, and the yellow, all coming together to protect the Mother Earth and the seven generations to come. And you are here now, and we are grateful, and we are not giving up. 
Beautiful. So we shall see how the whole process works. It's uh, it's amazing, you know. I I ask for guidance. Grandfather David was so wonderful. Uh, Grandfather David Menunge of the Hopis. He he rode in in 1977 in New Mexico. He rode in on horseback when he was 92 years old and totally blind. Came into the Rainbow Gathering on the East Fork of the Gila in the beautiful New Mexico country and spent three days with us in the teepee circle. And every afternoon he would come out and teach us. And everyone just sat on the ground as close together as they possibly could and absolutely quiet. If you've been on a floor, you could have heard a pin drop. And he spoke with hundreds, sometimes thousands of us, and taught us about the peaceful way of life, about the Hopi history and, and how to be um, gentle and kind with the Mother Earth and have respect and to live simply, which is a very important message, I think, in this day and age, to live very simply so that we don't need all the fancy gadgets and all the this and that and the tons of money for, you know, all these different things, but to live very simply and close to the earth with reverence for all in peace and to not take arms against one another no matter what. So he taught us all that and also shared the, uh, the teachings on the Prophecy Rock uh, with us on it. He had it all written on a banner, had it all, you know, all the inscriptions on the banner. And, and later I got to spend 10 years. I lived very close to him in New Mexico and I would go up and help him and his wife, Nora, who was totally deaf. And the two of them worked together. They were just beautiful. And he lived in a, a, a rock house in Hotvia, just a little ways from the Kiva. And oftentimes I would walk him to the Kiva or I would help with sewing projects or go get water in the spring down below. And Hotvia actually in Hopi means scrape back. And it was given that name because the, the spring below the mesa is in a cave and you have to dip down low to get the water or you scrape your back. <laughs> anyway, I learned so much from him and, and uh, these teachings and they're all fitting together. Uh, it's, it's very powerful. Uh, and, you know, we're... We're being guided by Great Spirit and Mother Earth to do this work. And uh, it's difficult at times, and it's confusing, and there's lots of, of conflicting opinions, and the rumors have flown around here and all of that, but you just have to stay solid and clear. And uh, Grandfather used to give me a pat on the top of the head. He'd give me a little pat, and he'd go, open the door at the top of your head. Hmm. And <laughs> let Great Spirit. Let the message of great spirit just come straight through into your heart. Because we have that yeah. with us all the time. It's our intuition. It's that soft, quiet voice within. And when we're making a decision, any any decision, all we have to do is listen to our own heart and we know the right thing to do and how to live in a sacred way. And the seven sacred values of, of the Sioux are the seven sacred values in any true spiritual way of life. They are absolutely rock solid. So that's where I'm at. And uh, okay. that, that All right. can just well, pirouette up on his hind feet, something like something else. <laughs> that's beautiful. All right. The seven, the seven sacred principles. Let's take the time, if you have it, Feather, to go through them, please. All right. Um, I, ouch. Oh, I just stabbed myself. Um, number one, respect. Number two, well, I don't have them in order, but respect, 
compassion, humility, generosity, honesty, kindness, and then there's one more. Um, okay, I can't think of the last one right off the top of my head, but <laughs> those are those are the solid, solid ways of how we relate to one another. You know, with humility. And this one brother who got up and spoke at the meeting, he said, I have been here since the very beginning. I am Lakota. I am from this land. And I have listened and observed all along. And now I am compelled to speak to the entire group, and this is how I feel. And and then he did the final prayer, sang the final prayer for, for all of us together. And and this is the way a traditional person is. They're not the ones that are, you know, jumping around saying, look at me, or trying to be a leader. They are doing the work. They listen to everyone. They're very respectful. They work hard. They live close to the land. And and that is the way of peace. And they're, they're very open and, um, you know, are able to, relate to other people of different colors, of different ways of life. And through that understanding, this is how we of the world can can uh, learn how to be together. And this brother also said that what we're doing here at Standing Rock and many places around the world this is happening, the Women's March, this was so powerful to see millions and millions of women of the world uniting and, and men who believe that it is time for us to live in peace. That's what this is happening on the planet right now. Either we learn how to live in peace and nurture our children, the seven generations, and in respect of all seven generations to come, to protect our Mother Earth and to heal her and to heal one another and, and live in a peaceful way. We have to do that now. Everything depends upon it. And we can do it. it it's, you know, we just have to all connect with the sacred, with the spiritual, do our ceremonies and be open to one another and, and live in harmony and, and love for one another and respect. And by doing that, whatever the rah-rah is out there and all those other things, um, it's, it's going to be obsolete. It's not going to be the way that happens anymore. So the less we focus on that, it's good to be aware of it, but the less we focus on that and the more that we work together and become a living example of how to live in that way is what's going to help us save the earth at this point in time. It's a critical time right before the third great earth-shaking event. And the Hopi call it the mystery egg, and it can either be a very good thing or a very bad thing. And the first two um, earth, great earth-shaking events were World War One and World War Two, And so we now have the choice and the opportunity to work together with one another and be visible, a visible way of this, yes, we can do this. And when others, and I believe this is all part of the prophecy, things are so heavy right now. But sometimes it's really hard to leave your comfort zone. You know, it's really hard to let go of things that you know of. It's, it's frightening and scary. And a lot of people are, you know, are, are reaching the point where they, you know, they, they have to, they don't have their homes anymore. They can't afford the, the mortgages and the rents and, and uh, you know, the food is scarce and it's getting harder and harder. But 
when people get to a certain point, they're going to be looking to see how can I survive with my family? How can I take care of my children? And when they look out and they see communities all over the world that are living in a traditional peaceful way and that are open and loving, that's how we're going to survive and, and come into this new way of living together with now, you know, it's been under the patriarch for all this last, this many, many generations for centuries and, and everything that's conquered, all the game that's been, that's been brought in and all the, you know, the male thing of having to go out and conquer, everything's been done to the point where now it's becoming like on the side, you know, and, and people with the, all the wars and everything going on, they're attacking one another and they're killing the very thing that we all need to to be one with. We need to be one and we need to accept one another and love one another as one family on the earth. That's our job. Jacob from uh, Unify, uh, United We Rise is on the call. He just joined us. Uh, hello, Wonderful. Hello, Welcome. Hi. Well, we... I was doing the social media and um, and coordinating a multiple um, live actions uh, for the flood the banks um, uh, actions at banks all across the country. We had over a hundred events. Um, well, actually, I can look up the total while I'm talking here. Um, and uh, we also had a uh, a live broadcast. Uh, from Standing Rock, um, which was um, uh, some grandmothers and uh, uh, different elders and youth. It was youth-led, um, which was very uh, beautiful. Um, just to see, A, uh, the, the youth stepping forward and taking lead, and B, seeing... Um, the elders and the rest of the community, um, you know, opening the gates for them to do so. And that, that support um, kind of across the generations was, uh, was just really beautiful, you know. Um, for me, uh, with Unify, uh, you know, I had my, my moments. Our one um, youth leader, uh, Maya, on the ground there, and she's so... Um, passionate and full of fire and so 20 years old or 22 years old and I've been working with her for um, uh, for three weeks on the campaign and uh, you know just hearing her hearing her speak um, you know from the perspective of the production side of things you're I'm always shifting my hat and then from the production side of things, I'm thinking, we want to hear the elders, we want to hear the grandmothers, I want to hear the Coda song, I want to, you know, I'm having all these thoughts yeah. in my head. Okay, Maya, keep, you're going on and on and on and on and on, come on, yeah. And then it just clicked in my head, you know, like, wait, don't be in production mode. You know, we're holding space and we're supporting and this is beautiful and this is the youth and... Uh, this is this is their time to shine, and and then you know I'm working very closely with Phil Lane uh, on on yeah. a bunch of our campaigns in the fall, 
and love him so dearly and and we a lot of times uh touch in with each other between and he he always goes to remind me he doesn't even need to remind me anymore because i I hear his voice in my head reminding me. Oh my goodness! Even when I'm I didn't not call, talking to I him. didn't send Chief Phil. Please ask Chief uh-huh. Phil if he'd call in if you're messaging him. Normally, he's okay. he's often with us, and I didn't oh, get a yeah. chance to send him a reminder. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, well, not, uh, yeah. Speaking, well, he, you know, speaking of production mode, could I just, um, I'm just very aware of the fact that we didn't take a moment to thank Feather uh, for her gracious words of both wisdom and experience and firsthand um, account from the ground with such a positive message. There's been yes, such confusion you. with so much that has come out um, from the camps. And um, obviously, Chairman Archambault has a very loud voice that many hear. So, Feather, I just, before the time gets too lost, I wanted to thank you mm-hmm. so much for everything you just shared and for all of your wisdom. You're it's welcome. Yeah, and I wanted to talk to, uh, to Bobby, um, full there this morning of the Cannonball District. We had a very, very wonderful conversation, a deep spiritual sharing and heart song. And he feels very strongly that the tribe is not giving up on protecting the water. And that's kind of quote unquote from him. However, he meant that, or however that evolves, that is what he told me this morning. Beautiful. Well, and that um, so, that word that word that always comes through with Phil is that um, we're just to be thankful regardless of the outcome. It's we're just living in the prayer, and we're to be thankful, um, and just keep living that way. Um, That's right, and it's not—it's not about the—it's re- not about an end result as much as it is a, about an energy and a vibration of gratitude that we um, we're holding. Uh, so, yes, yes, and those are the peace principles, absolutely, and it works. Heather, I think the one you may have forgotten was bravery. Did you say bravery? Oh, that's it. That's the one. Thank you. Bravely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, Thank you. So, so Feather, uh, you're you're planning on um, on leaving Standing Rock now. Is that correct? Well, as of the moment, yes. But I will be continuing to help remotely. Uh, my my best friend in Missoula is a Vietnam veteran, and he just got out of the hospital. He's been in the hospital for a week, and he has asbestosis from being in uh, in the Navy, where they lined the uh, the ships with insulation that was laden with asbestos. And in the morning, he said that the big engines would vibrate so much that it would rain that asbestos down over them. They'd be covered with white dust. So um, he's been on oxygen 24-7 for about 12 years now and uh, just got out of the hospital again. And uh, I do want to go back and spend some time with him and help him out. My other friend who was here for a while said that it's it's getting tougher for him, a lot tougher. Uh, He used to be able to go in there and fix his breakfast and do a lot of things, but it's just not so easy for him. So I want to go visit him spent some time with him and my youngest son of my five grown children, my youngest son and his girlfriend still live in Missoula. So I want to touch base with them. And then from there, 
I may come back. Or I may head to New Mexico or Washington State. I, you know, I don't know at this point. But I will be helping well, remotely if, still if with, the, need... with the food deliveries and coordinating that. And, um, you know, yeah. and Great Spirit could give me another message between now and tomorrow morning. And I may end up saying, you know, I just, I got to go moment by yeah. moment. If uh, when you're in Missoula, if you happen to see um, Plunker and Sue, maybe uh, you could get them to call in. <laughs> I'd love to uh, hear oh, okay. from Plunker. Yeah, get Sue on there first. <laughs> That's uh -huh. a joke. Uh -huh. uh, but yes, I will. I will definitely see them. Okay. Oh. I'll hook up. I'm still here, but I but I need to I need to head on as well. This is Jacob from uh, okay. Unified. Just wanted to call in and and send oh. love and blessings and gratitude. Oh, thank you. Can I ask you a couple of questions then before you go? You said you okay. had. Uh, I was I was following the website and had prayer here while I was getting ready for the program. So you said there were over a hundred around the country uh, and the world, to your understanding? Uh, you know, we had, for our Facebook um, event page, uh, we had, uh, I don't have all the numbers yet, but I could give you some of them. Uh, we had, for the Facebook event page, we had 2,500 that were committed to be involved. Um, we had, I know we had well over 100 events. Um, so I don't know what the tally of the number of people was. Um, and those events were um, mostly in the United States, um, but they were uh, global. Um, there was a few in Europe and a few in um, Central America. Um, yeah, and, uh, and yeah, but I should get all of the numbers soon. Um, then the the radio program, the the last time when I looked at it, I think it, it had about three thousand people listening live. Um, so yeah, but uh, eventually, uh, hopefully by the end of the day, I should get kind of a list of the all of the stats. Um, Wonderful. And Jason, yeah, will will you let everyone um, in your circle? know that we meet from 12 to 2 every Saturday and to please phone in next week as well and uh, okay. we're at your service. Thank you. And I just have to, you were right, you know, when you were saying that this, uh, what was the sister's name who, who spoke? At first you thought so long before you realized. <laughs> who is that? Oh, oh uh, Maya. Maya, yes. Maya. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. You know, and that's exactly what's happening. The seventh generation is being acknowledged. So much respect. Thank yes, you. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm really happy to to just watch it all unfold. It's beautiful. Yes. With blessings so, to all. And thank you. All right. Uh, mahalo. Thank you. Stephanie wants to say a few words. Stephanie? Yes, please, David. Um... Uh, well, I was just going to mention, like, how I was, like, okay, I'm 17, about to be 18, 
and I like I I have the struggles trying to tell people about Standing Rock because if I tell them about Standing Rock, they're like, "Oh, you're native," and then they start making fun of the natives, like about their warrior cries and everything. It's like they're just and they're just telling me how they're taking up space and everything, and they're just not doing anything productive. And then there's me, I'm like. It's like, you don't understand why we're there. We're there to protect the water. We're there to save the earth. We're there to save our burial grounds and everything. And they just don't understand. He's like, why can't they just move their burial grounds? And I'm just trying to, like, <sighs> they don't understand, like, why I get upset about it. It's like, because I remember one of my friends, I was talking to them about the female warrior cry. And I just, like, I said, I'm not going to do it until I have to because when I was there, I had, I, I did my, I did the warrior cry and I just told her, like, the sound of it and how it kind of sounds. But, and then they started, like, all her friends and some other people started making fun of it. And I was like, you guys have no clue how disrespectful this is. And, um, like, and they just, I, like, I can't, like, what was it? And then with my older sister, when this first started coming around, she was, like, saying how that the Native... Because she... Me and my sister, um, my older sister, me and her are both Dakota Sioux. And she was she was on side of the police officers saying how that the protesters were... Um, being violent and being disrespectful, blah, 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 to... The police officers is like I told my sister, and her name's Alexis, and she um she was like saying she I told her is like you don't know what you're talking about. You've never been there, and it's like I've been there, and that is not that's completely different because I went there and then I end up getting like I didn't like I was at the front line, so I got I got somewhat mazed, but and. My sister didn't understand. I was like, do you know what's happening? And, like, a lot of the people I try to explain this just don't understand. And I was just like, just, and then they're like, oh, I'll Google it. It's like, Googling doesn't help it. It doesn't explain the whole story. It gives you, it gives you both sides, and you might find the wrong side that you might believe. And, yeah. Yeah. Some, some people wake slower than others. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more challenging that you face ahead, but your strength and courage is applaudable, and thank you so much. Yeah. Don't feel discouraged. Yeah. Because right now I'm trying to go to the the camp that's down in Texas because I live in Texas now instead of North Dakota like I used to. And uh, I live in Texas. I'm trying to go to the camp in Texas, in Alpine, Texas, or the, oh, I forget the pipeline there, but I'm trying to go there and protest The Trans-Picos, I believe. Yeah. I'm going to try yeah. to go there, but I just have to wait until I can finish a little bit of school, more school and get more stuff online before I go. So where are you now? I'm in Mission, Texas, but I'm eight hours away from the Alpine, uh, Texas camp. Because I used to live in North Dakota um, in this little town called Ardoch, which was four hours away from Standing Rock. And this, um, this warrior's cry, 
Is it is it something you could share with us? It would be an honor to hear, even if it's a little loud. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. Wait, what was it? I don't know. I just I only do it when like I feel it's completely necessary. And if I just do it out of the blue, like for no reason, I feel like it shouldn't like. To me, it's something like. Uh-huh. Uh, how do I how do I describe it? Like, if it's like, uh, how yep. do I I don't know how to describe it. Like, it and it's like in the time of need. If that cry is meant to be, that's the only time it should be used. If it's just sometime random, yes. Like, yes, it does. It's like its meaning goes out of place. It's disrespectful. Yes, yes. to use it inappropriately. That like. And then when my friends are like, I don't like to, like, I hate using this word, but, like, to say goodbye and bye. And all my friends, I tell them, like, can you not say that to me, please? Like, because I'm not, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'm going to talk to you later. Just say laters or something else. And they're like, they just purposely say, goodbye, Stephanie. Bye. And I'm like, no, can you not? I'm not going to die or anything. I don't think, anyways. Yeah. So don't say bye, and they just don't. They they constantly do that to me, and I'm just like, can you stop? That's like respect me a little bit. Just say later, and they just don't understand. Cause like I don't I don't know. Cause I started this when I was younger, but cause I kind of had to do all this. Um, like I was like since I was little, I knew I was Native American. But my real mother um, and my sister would not, like, accept it. Like, we were, my mom told us that we were white and we were only white. Like, because I'm, I'm German, Mexican, and I'm Sioux. And my mom only acknowledged that me and my sister were white. And she was white. We were not allowed to practice anything else besides, like, like normal. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but she would not let us venture out into, like, recognizing the other stuff. So there was me trying to connect to my other, my, what's the word, lineage, or, like, connect to the other sides in my blood. And so I had a, I had a look. I used to end up running off with my friends just to go to powwows. And then I got home, I came home, and I got in trouble. And I told, they're like, where'd you go? It's like, I went to a powwow to... Da, 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 go do this, go dance and sing. And there, I used to get in so much trouble. She's like, you're white, you're not Native American. And I was like, yes, I am. That's our ancestors. She's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, you can go talk to our grandmothers and our grandfathers that we are because my family's from Spirit Lake and she just won't acknowledge it. And it was really hard trying to get that side of me, like, because I wanted to learn more, and I didn't have too many people to help me figure out what side of the blood I was or how to figure out my history. So how Mm -hmm. has your family reacted now that you've become much more very obviously involved in uh, these movements that are, you know? Well, me and my cousin and my auntie, they're the ones that went with me to Standing Rock, and I, well, first it was my cousin who went, 
uh, went to um, Standing Rock, and she was there. She came in a. She says she went to Standing Rock right after the dogs attacked the first time. And she was the one that was like, Stephanie, this would be very helpful for you. Like, you would, you want to come do this? And I was like, yes, I guess, yes, yes, yes. As soon as I can figure out when and when you're available, we'll go over. So I ended up going with my auntie and my cousin all the way, up, all the way down to Standing Rock. But those are the only two. And because I, I don't talk to, really talk to my real mother or my full sister anymore. And so they don't, they, when I tried talking to my older sister, she just made fun of me and basically was saying that how I was just like, oh, you don't even support it, really. You're just going there to be there. And I was like, it's like, you don't, like, understand. Like, I honestly fully believe in this. Like, they're trying, to, like, they won't listen to us. Like, after Trump got elected, because my older sister messaged me, he's like, guess what, Stephanie, I voted for Trump so he could uh, make the oil pipeline bigger, da, 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 da. I was like, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, no. And then I was extremely yeah. upset, and I was just like, you don't understand. This will affect your water. This will affect your land. This will affect everybody in the whole, like, I believe in the whole world. That, honestly, like, we can't say, like, if that happens, we honestly, it will be the hardest thing to continue well we can always continue voicing ourselves but sometimes if if there will be an oil break it will be the hardest thing to fix it might be almost nearly impossible to fix it but there's a way we probably most likely can and and when i figured out trump was passing all these uh what's these the things that he was passing i was like he is like, I was upset. It's like, he, this man has not heard these millions of voices saying that we should not do this. I was saying how he said he was wanted to do great for America. But then I was like, he's only doing great for his wallet because he has so much money invested into the pipelines and the oil and stuff. And like, it just makes it, I try not to get mad because... Because, like, I don't want to be mad about this subject. and but So I end up just getting really sad about it. Like, at first I'm mad, and then I just get super sad. And sometimes I try not to look too much at the Stanley Rock stuff because, like, I most likely will end up start crying because I'm very emotionally connected with that stuff that's happening over there. And it's, like, because every time I had to leave Stanley Rock, I literally cried the whole way home. And I was not, like... I could not focus in school. Like, I was just, I like, I was telling myself, I have to get back. I have to get back. And, or to do something about this. And, because I'm not, like, I'm not the best speaker out there or organizer because I'm a pretty shy person in reality. And, and I just, it was really hard. And my, fear, my, my auntie, she was telling me how you can do this, Stephanie. You're in my auntie. She always calls me her little. I don't like it, but it's kind of cute. But um, she's like, you're my little Indian warrior princess, and I'm like, oh my gosh. But she's like, you can do wow. this. You should be proud. You should be proud and confident. You were 
You were, um, what did she say? Um, you were proud, uh, I forget, stand, yeah, I can't say it, proud Dakota Sioux. And it's like, you were, it's like, I always tell her, like, I'm standing out for our sacred burial grounds and watching how our people react to this and how everybody can just do this. And it's just, the main reason why I went is because of the burial grounds. And then, because, like, I was very low educated about it at first because I really didn't know what was happening. Because, like, I didn't get, I wasn't always on my phone, and so I didn't hear about it. And because I was in Texas when this first started. And then I figured out about the water, and I was like, I was like, how can they do that? Don't, they have, there's so many histories of oil breaks, and this will lead out back to the, back to the ocean. We already had an oil break so many times, over, pretty much over 300 times oil breaks, and there was just a recent one that I believe, I think, or not, yes. a, but I don't know where, though. Every day. Exactly where. Every day. Like, it may, to them, it may not be big, but in reality, even if it's just a drop of oil hits the ground or break, like, hits anywhere, that is a big contract, like, that's the biggest thing. It's, they may too be little to the oil companies, but it's big to me, because, like, you don't, they just, it's toxic, like, and we need to yes, find a and, way to and as use a woman, as a woman, you feel the pain of our mother, of which you are a part mm -hmm. and speaking for. Yes, and, like, every time yes. I read stuff like that, I literally just go somewhere and then I start crying because, like, I don't know how, to, how I can help save this anymore because people, like, for a little person like me, like, I'm a very small person, it's very hard for people to pay attention and hear my voice because I'm constantly trying to speak about this and then people just look the other way because in Texas people, Stephanie, they can corpus Christi. Every week, every week, sister, from 12 to 2, that's why we're here. And to bring I'd solution. like to say one thing to Stephanie, if I could. Stephanie, this is Feather here. Um, I'm 69. I, I guess I could be considered an early or a grandmother <laughs> for sure. And I want you to know that you may be small in size, but your power and your voice is very, very, very powerful. And I just took three pages of notes from what you shared with us, and I want you to know how important it is that the youth, all of you, keep trying. Don't give up. Just hang in there. This is your world, and this is for the seven generations to come. And you are the ones who yes. are leading this. You are the ones. And I am in yes, awe like, of you. Thank you. Because <laughs> like, every day I like yes. I mention this or I go on Facebook or my Snapchat and I mention something about the standard rock or I just put little things out there. But then I get like I, I get like a slightly annoyed when I see somebody just laugh at it. It's like this isn't funny. This is very serious. And they don't understand. Yes, and like when I mention it and I, when I mentioned at school, some of these people, like, they're like, oh, that's not, that's not happening here. It's like, it will eventually get over here. This may be happening in North Dakota. It is Dakota. happening. This it is, is happening here, it's Stephanie, yes. because it's and not like, just, it's just the oil. It's the radiation. It's all kinds of things yes. they're doing. 
that need to stop yes, and, like, and, uh, and be restored. Like, yeah, because I mentioned, and, like, do you know what just happened in Corpus Christi not so long ago? Like, they don't, they're like, they, I forget what happened. Uh, um, I can't think. Um, something, like, they can't drink their water because it's not good. They have to go be buying it. And I remember when my friend yes. sent me one of her receipts, she just bought, like, two things of water, and it came, I think it was, like, two to three things of water, and it came out to 70-some dollars. And it's like, what? see, this is how precious our water is. We'll have is. to talk about, um, Stephanie, we'll need to speak um, more during the week. Um, I want to welcome um, Tracy Lehman. I think she's with us. Tracy, are you here? I sure am. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Yes, yes, we can hear you. Uh, Tracy was instrumental in bringing the veterans to Standing Rock. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you. What would you like, what would you like to share with our circle and with listeners? today? Well, first of all, you know, I'm listening to, to everybody speak, and the last speaker, and I'm sorry I didn't catch your name, um, you know, you were talking about it doesn't matter, you know, you can make a difference. I just want everybody to know that I'm just, I'm a single mom. I'm a college student. I came across the whole Standing Rock situation because I live in Iowa, and we have, you know, the Dakota Access Pipeline going through the town that I actually grew up in. Um, and then my cousin actually got arrested for, uh, I think she climbed on some of the equipment to stop it. And so I started to really pay attention to this. Um, and that's when I, you know, started to notice Standing Rock. And, and, I, and at that point, I just started making different posts online. And then I started making dip, different groups. Eventually, uh, long story short, it became where, you know, I, I now have the events to Standing Rock group um, online. I came across the... Uh, Veterans of Standing Rock, um, you have to excuse me, I really haven't slept much. Uh, I came across the Veterans of Standing Rock event, and, you know, I was looking at it, and I'm like, why is, and I was not an original creator, nothing like that. I just happened to find it online on my events group, and I'm like, it, when I found it, there was only, I don't know, maybe 200 vets that had signed up, maybe $20,000 that they had raised, and I'm like, why are there not more veterans going? I know that there's more veterans out there that, you know, want to stand for our rights. Um, so at that point, for the next three days, I literally spent posting that event to every source in the Internet, every Facebook page, every No Dapple group, uh, every uh, live video I came across, um, and eventually a post went viral. Um, I didn't know the group that had started it at first. Uh, eventually they had brought me on, and now I'm actually a community manager for Vets to Standing, I'm going to work with that project, which is just amazing. I don't know if anybody knows anybody else, but, but they are just the most uh, dedicated, selfless people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and, and, you know, I did all of this from home, in my kitchen, as a single mom with, you know, really not many resources. And if I can do that, anybody can do that. You know, I really guess that's just kind of my point is that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You can make a difference with one click of your keyboard. And who knows where it will take you. Um, I just, I think, yes. I'm just very inspired, you know, by Standing Rock and everything that's happened there. And I do realize the problem that, that is occurring with the oil industry. 
I also marched in 2003. I went to Washington, D.C. for the largest pre-war, anti-war protest in the history. I was there. And I realized at that time it was a blood for oil situation. And now I'm realizing, I don't know, what, 15 years later, that now the blood for oil is right here in our own country. They're literally drilling up and selling off, you know, our oil to other countries and endangering our water supply for millions and millions of people. Um, and it's just, it's atrocious. It, there are no words. Yeah, thanks so much. And it, and it is important to recognize that this is how this happened. People sitting behind their keyboards and spreading across the world. The people became the media. And some people's voices, depending on how much they put out there, were heard even louder than others. So thank you so much for all of your time and, and attention and commitment to it. Everyone can yeah, make I, a difference. Yes. <laughs> we're coming down into the last few minutes of the program, and I'd like to give any of our guests a final word, if you feel so moved. The eyes of the world are upon us wherever we are. And it's very important that we bring out the truth. Sometimes it's a harsh truth, but it needs to come out. The truth and the reality of what's going on and unite in prayer. And the media, worldwide media, is one of the greatest tools we have. Thank you, Lisa and Maureen. I'd like to mention one more thing, if I could. Uh, yes, please. Right now, I am. Uh, right now, I'm actually working with a campaign, um, the Facebook event that was created. You know, not just by me, but by a few other people. Um, and it's actually, I want you to go ahead and hashtag flood EIS. So what is happening is the environmental uh, impact study has to be done, and the the, the committee is required to actually read and respond to every single letter that they receive, whether it be email or snail mail, um, or if you actually go and hand the letter to the guy in Washington, D.C., which you can do if you make arrangements ahead of time, which I'm encouraging people to do. Uh, but that is very, very important to fill that out. And I don't know if anybody else has seen you know, the videos we posted about the miracle on 40, 34th Street video where all the mail is, you know, being dumped on top of the judge's desk. But that's really what we're shooting for here. And we have a lot of dedicated people. We just launched this, you know, the official Facebook event campaign. Um, and I want everybody to check that out, Flood EIS. And you can actually put uh, Flood the EIS in the Facebook uh, search bar, and that should come up as well. Um, so everybody, please check that out. Write your letter. Tell them why it is that you're a water protector. Tell them why it's a dangerous situation, why it's, uh, you know, it affects the water of 20 million people, and why we cannot let it happen. Thank you. Well, thank you so hashtag? much for that. I'm sorry, what was that? What was the Flood EIS. Flood. Yep. Hashtag e Flood EIS. Or, the, or Flood the EIS in the Facebook search bar. Yeah, and I'd like to quickly follow up that these things are effective. It was very much us putting on all, particularly those of us that run very large pages that have hundreds of thousands of um, um, members, that we continue to stress how important it was to write the letters in to allow out-of-state attorneys. And it made a huge difference. So now arrested water protectors can indeed have out-of-state attorneys. So this is very effective, and thank you very, very much for the effort and for bringing it to everybody's attention. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. 
What is the deadline on those letters? Uh, the letters actually have to be received by February 20th. Uh, so it has to be in the office by February 20th. Um, so that is what we have. Okay. Coming right up. Thank you. All right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, um, guests. And I will repeat to all of you, this council will meet again on the air next Saturday, Pacific time from 12 to 2. And you are most welcome. Uh, thank you all for joining us. And um, blessings to all of our uh, listeners. And if you feel that you have something to add to the conversation, if you are a solution bearer and uh, would like to share something positive, helping in the healing of the earth and the mending of the sacred hoop, please email me at whitebuffalonation at gmail.com and we're going to listen to a song called Evil in the Distance.
Thank you for joining us. Water is life. Together, let's sustain life on planet Earth. That's yours, mine, and all of ours on and in the land, waters, and air. Thanks for joining us. Till next Saturday, same time. This is Siava Lisa Wolf for Slope. Save and sustain life on planet Earth. Earth aid now. Let's give the Earth and all her children freedom from fear, lack, and degradation and bring a utopian reality now.